Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like Him. We'll try it one more time. There we go. Because you couldn't hear me the first six times. Good morning. And I'm excited about our new series. Hey, can I ask a question? It's not the biggest question. That's the name of the series. So the biggest question, you know, is not this one. Um, but how many people have ever in your life, you have been to a moment or had a moment happen? You could even probably say it was a catalyst moment. There was something very important that happened in your life that, 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 that made a, a, like a transition. There was a paradigm shift in your life and you went a certain direction because of that moment right there. Anybody had that kind of moment I'm talking about? And maybe you didn't recognize it like at the moment. Maybe it wasn't in that moment right there. You just went, wow, this is going to change everything. You know, the trajectory of my life is going to be changed because of this moment right here. Maybe it's sometimes weeks and sometimes months. And for some of us, it may be years before we realize and kind of look back in a moment. That's what happened to me. Uh, my kids... Uh, right now, or I think uh, 29 and 27, 28 and 26, something like that. Um, they're not watching. But, but they were like probably, Bethany is my oldest. They were, she was probably five or six, and that would make my twins, you know, four or five years old. And we decided, this is a brilliant move on our parts as young parents. We decided to take them to see our favorite mouse named Mickey Mouse. So we went to Disney World. How many people love Disney World? I don't suggest it with little small kids though. And so, oh, let me, I didn't paint the rest of the picture. I also took my great grandmother and my grandmother. We had four generations in strollers. <laughs> like at one moment, like my great grandmother, it wasn't a stroller. It was a, a wheelchair. My grandmother, wheelchair, and my kids were in strollers. Now, here's the deal. If you go to Disney World and don't go see a parade, you have missed something really important at Disney World, right? Because that's a major thing, except for during COVID when they didn't have parades. So we're down there and we're trying and we can hear the music and we didn't know the schedule and we're running and running and running. We know it's a parade and they put on the best. You get to see all the different characters and, you know, of course you get to see Mickey Mouse and all the, the bright lights and we're running, all of us. Well, we're all walking with strollers. And we're getting, and we, we get to the very place and there's no parade. Um, we saw the people sweeping up, right? And we saw the ropes um, being taken down. And, and then we had the kids and the grandparents crying because <laughs> they missed the parade. That was the moment right there. I missed it. I missed the parade. I miss one of the most exciting things you go to Disney for. We missed. I know they run them every 15 minutes, but I couldn't tell my kids. My kids didn't understand that. We missed the parade. Now, here's the big question for today. Have you ever felt like in your life you've missed something? Like all of a sudden there was a moment in time and you just go, I missed. And maybe it was big. Maybe it was a, you know, a catalyst moment. And you just feel like you, you missed that relationship. You missed that, maybe that job promotion, whatever it was, you missed something. And today, what I think a lot of us, if we were honest with ourselves, that we're in fear that we're going to miss our purpose. We're going to miss the reason we were put on this planet. And that's what we're going to talk about over the next four weeks. And I'm going to kind of set the stage, and we're going to build on foundation every week. And we're going to talk about what on earth am I here for? Like, why am I on this? Why am I here at this particular moment of my life? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Like, what am I doing here? And what am I doing with my life? Is my life 
having meaning of some sort. The question of existence has not just been, you know, the last couple of years with our society. This has been going on for years and years and years. As a matter of fact, 20 years ago, we're celebrating our 20th anniversary this year at Journey Community Church. That's really cool. We're going to have a big, a big party in October, and we're going to have a, you know, just a big time. But you know, we started our church off because we took a survey in our community and asked some of the biggest need. And the number one biggest need in our community 20 years ago was people wanted to know why they were here, why they were put on this earth at this particular moment in time of their lives. So we started out with something called 40 Days of Purpose. It's Rick Warren and Saddleback. And we started the very church off, this, this church journey, with trying to uncover the purpose that God has for us on this side of eternity. Now, the reason I say it's not just a new thing, it's been going on for years. Um, anybody ever hear of a, 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 a passive scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11? For I know the plans I have for you. It's the most misquoted. Like I, We should have used this one. It's, it has nothing to do with claiming promises over our lives in good times. It's actually going, you know something? Whether it's good or bad, I'm going to take whatever you bring to me. Because actually, what he's going to do, there's going to be a war that breaks out. So he said, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans that, you know, I'm going to take care of you. That same writer, Jeremiah, wrote something in the five words that stuck out to me. It's in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 18. And he says this, the first ver- five words, he says, why was I ever born? Why was I ever born? Why was I put on this earth? Why, why at this particular moment, in the course of all of history, why right now was I put in this? He says, my entire life has been filled with trouble, sorrow, and shame. But, but why am I here on this earth? And, and here's the question. We have to ask ourselves, was I born with a purpose and a reason? Like, was, did, did I have a purpose? Do I have a purpose on this was I born just to have a bunch of problems? A lot of people say that. I'm just here just to kind of go through, like, like I'm just going to deal with the problems that, you know, was I here just, am I here just to exist? Like, I just, you know, you put 70 years in and, and that's all there is to it. Am I just here for that? Or was I here and put on this planet for something substantial, something bigger than me that only God can do? I'm Dr. Hugh Moorhead. Some of you have probably heard him. He's the a chairman. He's all kinds of documentaries out about him, but chairman of the Department of Philosophy at Northeastern University. He, he, he wrote to 250 of the smartest, most, most like intellectual people in the entire world. And he asked them this question. And it's actually, he, he, the question was, what is the purpose of life? What, what is the purpose of life? It's a question that we all have. What is the purpose of life? And some of them wrote back, we don't know the purpose. Some of them wrote back, like, when you figure the purpose out, would you let us know what the purpose is? But there's some high-profile people. This is what they wrote back. Carl Jung, you probably heard him. He's a famous psychiatrist. He says, I don't know the meaning, uh, uh, the purpose of life, but it looks as if something were meant to be. That's it. Uh, uh, Isaac um, Asimov wrote, wrote this. As far as I can see, there is no purpose. Could you imagine? Can you imagine going through your whole life and going, there's no purpose in this world. There's no pur- I have no purpose here. Joseph Taylor uh, wrote a book. He says, I have no answers to the meaning of life, and I had no longer, and I no longer want to search for any. Could you imagine the, getting to that point right there? Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was watching, I don't watch a lot of TV. It's not because it's a spiritual, like I'm super spiritual. Or anything. I just don't have a lot of time. And if I'm at the house, I'm probably out hunting or playing golf or something like that. Like I just don't spend it. But there was somebody texted me and said, Pastor Bobby, there's a, a documentary coming on. And I think it'd be worthwhile knowing that the, the next series is about. And, and, and the whole for an hour, they were going to tell you the meaning of life. Here's the meaning of life. And, and here's, they baited. So they get to a commercial and they'll go, when, when we come back, we're going to tell you the meaning of life. And they went to another commercial. And they said, when we get back, we're going to tell you the meaning of life. And I was like, I'm going to throat punch somebody in a minute if they don't tell me the meaning of life. And they get to the very end. And the credits are running. And the credits are running. 
And this is what they said. No one knows, nobody understands the real meaning of life for you. You have to figure it out to yourself. And I'm about to throw the TV. Because I don't think that's right. I think the Bible is filled with stories. The Bible is filled with scriptures of people that somehow or another have found the meaning of life. I believe this with everything that's in me. You may want to write this down. God put us here on purpose for a purpose. God put us on this planet. There's a story in the Old Testament. You probably have heard it. It's a story. It's the book of Esther. It's about Esther. She becomes a queen, but she was just a normal girl, and she was going through a, a time in her life, and Xerxes the king wanted, wanted to, uh, you know, another, 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 uh, another wife, and, and, and in the process, Haman, Xerxes' uh, right-hand man, finds out that the Jewish people are, like, kind of rising to power, and he wants all to kill, you know, kill all the Jewish people, and Esther is a Jewish girl. And, and, and Mordecai, which is Esther's uncle, comes to her and said, listen, you have to do something about this. You can't. And there's a line it's in, in Esther. It's just that you were created for such a time as this. And I believe that every person in this room, every person watching online, every person in the atrium, every person that's going to watch the replays of it, everybody on this earth has a purpose. You were put here on purpose for a purpose. Somebody please say amen to that. That's what we were designed. Uh, Psalms 90, 12. It's, a lot of people think that David wrote this, but this is actually Moses writing this after he feels it. He says, he says this. He goes, teach us to realize the, and some, some versions say the importance of life. Teach us to number our days. But it says here, teach us to realize the, brev- the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. You know what he's saying? Help us make the most of our lives. Like every part, whether, whether it's, you know, 10 years or 20 years or however long on this planet. Acts chapter 13, 36, there's an argument happening about the decaying of the Bible, uh, the body. And, 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 and they're, talking about, they're talking about Jesus, but, but then all of a sudden they transition to David. And this is what it said about David. It says, this is not a reference to David talking about the decaying of, life, or the decaying of the Bible. He says, after David, watch this, had done the will of God in his own generation, he died and was buried with his in his body. When he got done his task, then he died. When, when he was at the very end of, of his life, when everything was accomplished, and I, I have the feeling there's this moment in our lives where we finish the last responsibility we have on this side of eternity, and then we fall asleep, and then God takes us home. It's important we understand it. Ephesians chapter 2 is a passive scripture that a lot of us know. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. Some, some, some scriptures say we are God's workmanship, and it says he has created us anew in Christ so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. God has put us here on purpose at this particular time for such a time as it for a purpose. Um, yesterday, anybody watch baseball? I'm a big baseball fan. I watched the Braves yesterday. I don't know if you know this or not, but yesterday was um, Jackie Robinson Day. Jackie, Jackie Robinson, um, back in, I think, in the 50s, um, reformed baseball. There was no African-American. Um, there was an African-American league, but there was no African-American players. He became one of the first ones to make that transition. Well, he has a son, and his son, is, his name is, is David Robinson, and it's the son of, uh, of Jackie. And, and he was on, I was flipping through the channels, and he was on Bob, uh, Bob Costa's show as a rerun. And Bob Costas was talking about because, because he, he decided in, early in his life that he wanted to go to Tanzania and East Africa, and he wanted to go down there and be basically a missionary. And, and, he, and he says, what makes you, what drives you? Why do you do this? Why do you do this? You know, why do you go to another, a whole other country and do what you do when you can do stuff here? And he says, why do you do this? And he says this, and I love this. He goes, he goes it's a sense. It's an actual smell of Ethiopia. And it has been with me my entire life. It's a feeling of peace and contentment. The feeling that you are in a place which you can make what will be your life's contribution, the place that you were created for. You ever sense that? Seriously. I'm, I'm, 
I'm going to ask lots of questions. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you have sensed that right there? That you've sensed that you're in the right place at the right time, that God has put you there for a purpose. Here's the, I have sensed it over and over in my life. The first time I went to the Dominican Republic, we went down there and I was like, God, why are you, we had never done a foreign missions trip on, in this church. And I remember getting off the plane and I remember going, we were in Santa, uh, uh, Santa Domingo and I was like, this is not it. Like, th- this is just like, you know, downtown Augusta. And then we went to a little place called uh, Bani and Bani is a little bit further out and there's a little bit more poverty. And I was like, this is not it. I just, I'm not. And then we went to Baalrona, which is all the way on the other side of the island. And they took, they took us from, uh, it's called a bate, which is the, the slums of, 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 Saint, um, of the Dominican Republic. And when they got there and I, t- I remember telling people, I was like, I can smell it. Can you smell it? Can you sense it? Can you sense God wants to do something with us right here? And ever since that moment, there's been this sense deep down inside of me. When we go to Haiti, I can smell it. When I get off the plane, there's something that I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm meeting my purpose in my life. When I'm with my spouse, when I'm with Gina, and we're just having, you know, maybe it's quiet time, or maybe it's just we're hanging out, or what we're doing, you know, just date night or whatever. I have a sense that, that God has me in that particular moment. I can feel it. I'm there. I have a purpose in marriage. When my kids, even now that they're adults, I really felt like, and maybe if you have adult children like I do, maybe you felt like there was a moment in time that you weren't needed anymore. Like they didn't have to, they didn't need your, you know what I'm finding out? They need my wisdom more now than they did when they were little small kids. That they come to me with bigger life issues. Like who should I marry or what school should I go to or should I take this job or whatever I should do. And I sense God's presence in those moments, just like David Robinson sensed in Tanzania. And I want to be honest with you, I sense it every Sunday when I stand up here. That this is more substantial than we understand. Um, last week was Easter. Uh, how many people were here at our Easter service? It was, um, I, I'm sorry if I didn't speak to you. There was a lot of people here. <laughs> but I, I sat up here, and right before I, I got up here, um, Courtney, um, one of my twins who lives in Atlanta, she texted me. She said, I want you to know I'm praying for you right now. Man, that's powerful when your kids send you a text that you're praying for you. She said, I'm praying for you right now. And this is what she said. This is the power of the moment that we have in our lives. The sense she said, Dad, today somebody's story is going to be changed by the words that you speak. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Our purpose is big. It's substantial. We're not here by accident. We were put here on purpose for a purpose. We've got to figure that out. What is that purpose? Paul had the same sense of the Apostle Paul we read about in Colossians chapter 2. And he says this, I want them to be encouraged. I love the strong words right there. I want them. That's his desire. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself in him, lie hidden in all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And I want them to know that that was his purpose. So let me tell you what our purpose is. I'm going to give it to you so you don't have to figure it out yourself, right? Isn't that easier? I'm not going to bait you like the, the TV talk show host that made me watch an hour and waste an hour of my life. I'm going to tell you what our purpose is. Here is our purpose. God has put each of us here to make him famous and to serve his people. That's it. Now, how it all works out, the specifics of your calling will differ, you know, for every person in here. And they're based on a couple things. They're based on your spiritual gifts. Everybody has a spiritual gift in this room, right? Everybody look at their thumb real fast. You have a, a, a distinct thumbprint, don't you? 
Just like you have a distinct thumbprint, you have a specific gift that God has given you that is unlike anybody else's. It's our job, it's your job to figure out what that spiritual gift is. It's based on your heart. What makes your heart pound? What's important to you? That's important. God wants to take that moment right there, whatever makes your heart pound, and he wants to use it for his kingdom. He wants you to make him famous by that. How about this? Your abilities. Everybody in this room has different abilities. I can't do so. I am so thankful for the people that God put around me. Um, if I had to do Alan's job, we'd have 20 people coming to church, and we would never know what time we're supposed to be here. Because I, I'm just, that's not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a visionary. Alan jokes about it. As a matter of fact, we have partnership today on ramp. And if you're here, maybe uh, you want to kick the tires a little bit more about uh, journey. You can come back um, at like 115 and we'll feed you and have childcare and all that kind of stuff. But this is how we explain our relationship all the time. I am the wow guy and he's the how guy. I'm the one that shares the big vision and what, what, what we're going to do. We're going to take the city. We're going to storm the gates. We're going to build boats, all that kind of stuff. And he goes, okay, now how are we going to do that? Now he doesn't ask me that question because he'd be terminated. I don't, don't ask me how, I'll be the dreamer. It's based on our abilities. It's based on our passion. Our passion dictates a lot of times the purpose in our lives. And it's based on our experiences. I had a guy in my office this past week, and we were sitting there, and he said, Pastor Bobby, and he went through the whole laundry list of all the things he had in his life. And he was almost apologizing for all. I said, don't you apologize for that. That's your story, brother. That story right there, God wants to use. Your experiences are going to lead somebody else to Christ. You're going to share your story with somebody. It's all part of the big process of understanding what our spiritual gifts. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2 real quick. God saved you by grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. I'm going to make a couple points in this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we have done. You may want to underline that so none of us can boast about it. And then it says, for we are God's work, um, masterpiece, his workmanship. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he's planned for us long ago. So here's the first thing. We are not saved by works, Okay. We're not saved by the good things we do. We don't accumulate. There's not a, a, a spiritual abacus that we, you know, we did three good works today. That's not how it works. But we're created for a purpose of doing those good works. And those good works we're created to do, they're not intended to get us to heaven. They're intended to get us through this life. Because a lot of times it's those things that drive us into a, a life of substance or life of purpose. And in many ways, the good work that we do makes our life worthwhile by being a contributor, not a consumer. How many people have ever served anywhere in a church or maybe a, a, an organization um, that lifts up the name of Jesus, a Christian place that lifts up? Raise your hand real high. Don't you get more out of it than, you, than, than the people? Every time that I've ever served somewhere, even here, I get more out of this than I believe anybody else in this room does. It's because God wants us, he wants us to be. Oh, can I say something without everybody getting mad at me today? I was going to say it anyway. If you feel like, maybe you feel like, like life is passing you by and you don't have a purpose, maybe it's because you've been a spectator all your life and you haven't gotten involved. You haven't gotten involved in something bigger, bigger than you. And I'm not just talking about church. I'm talking about things that are going on in our community that we can make Jesus' name famous and serve the people around us. That's our, that's our purpose. I'm going to give you some, some catalyst moments or things uh, to help us with purpose. Here's the first thing. Our purpose, your purpose, my purpose, brings benefit to others, right? That's the very first thing. It brings a benefit. So, and here's the deal. Somebody asked me recently, how do I know, how do I know my purpose? How do I know, how do I know what God's called me to do? And, and I'll explain it as easy as I can explain it. It's somewhere between 
what keeps you awake at night, and I'm not talking about fear and anxiety, okay? I'm talking about that thing that makes your heart pound. It's somewhere between that and the biggest needs of the people around you. Somewhere in that moment right there is what God's called you to do. He's put you with those people for a particular moment, and he's put that passion on your heart that keeps you awake all the time, and somehow or another in between. So in uh, 20 years ago, I, we sat on the beach, my wife, myself, my, my three little small kids, and I remember leaning over to Gina. We were at Hilton Head. And I remember leaning over to Gina. And it was all these people. And they were wearing shorts. And they were just wearing T-shirts. And it was a Sunday morning. And I said, where are these people going to church? Like, why are Because they didn't look like normal church people, right? You all know what I'm talking about, normal church people? Like, they're dressed up. They look good. They put on the face. They have nice makeup. It's, it's Easter every Sunday, right? I said, where are these people going? And my heart was this, my heart was pounding for normal people. It was people that just wore shorts and t-shirts and played golf and all those, you know, and went hunting and fishing and all that. And some were that. And I'm telling you, it kept me awake at night because the call of God in my life was to preach the good news of Jesus, the gospel. But I needed my people group and my people group was normal people. Look around for a second. Just look around. You're abnormal, right? You're not I'm not normal. Don't anybody say amen to that. Not not funny. Somewhere between those moments right there, Matthew chapter 20, verse 26. This is what it talks about as far as the life's purpose. But among you, it must be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your what? Slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. The very purpose that Jesus came was to give, give his life for us. And says we should be doing the same thing. Um, I had a conversation with a couple of little kids a couple of weeks ago. And they, they, were, they were selling lemonade. Anybody ever buy lemonade or from like little kids? And they were so good at it. They, they guilted me into buying three or four of them. Like, Pastor Bobby, I know you got money in your wallet. And then it was like, you have change for a five. No, we don't have any change. I'm like, I'm looking to change right there. No, we don't have any change. So I got $5 worth. Like, that's a lot of lemonade at like a quarter of glass, right? And here's what I told them. I said, what are you guys doing? He, they said, we're selling lemonade. I said, no, you're not. What do you mean, no, we're not? You're not in the lemonade business. You know what you're in? The people business. Everything we do, just about all of our jobs, everywhere we work, across the CSRA, service. You are in the people business. If you're a teacher, you're in the people business. If you work at a Fort Gordon, you're in the people business. If you work at McDonald's, if you're saying, hey, welcome to Walmart, you're in the people business. It's those things that drive us, bring us purpose. Viktor Frankl said it like this. He wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. I don't know if you ever, he was in one of Hitler's concentration camps in World War II. And he wrote uh, a book, and the book is called Man's Search for Meaning. This is what he said in, in that book. It's, it's brilliant. He said, he said, those who kept their strength during these, in this concentration camp, the sanity, the longest in the midst of such, such, such suffering, were the ones who tried to help other prisoners and share what little they had. He went on to say, their physical and their mental condition seemed strengthened by their friendliness, their compassion, and their ability to focus on something other than themselves. We're sustained by serving others. We're wired that way. God designed us, by the way, to be like that. Our experience in no way compares to the atrocities that happened in World War II. Okay, so just don't, please don't even try to make these parallels. But I love the way Proverbs says it like this. In Proverbs eleven twenty five, 25, it says, the generous will prosper 
those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So when we pour out our lives, somehow or another, God fills us up. John Wooden, um, the legendary basketball coach, said, you cannot live a perfect day without doing something for someone who will never be able to repay you. And that's the truth. Every day. Here's a question to ask yourself. Every day. How will what I do bring benefit to the lives of others? And when you figure that out, that's part of your purpose. Let me give you a second thing. Our purpose brings attention to God. Did you hear me on that? One of the things that drives me nuts is anytime, especially somebody in ministry, so they, they try to bring attention to themselves when they wear their own T-shirt, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's all about self-promotion. I, I remember, I don't know, 10 years ago, uh, one of the most wealthy men in the entire world um, donated a billion dollars, and everybody went crazy because he donated a billion dollars. And what happened was, when it was all said and done, by the time he got the tax breaks and everything else, his billion-dollar contribution didn't even cost him anything. He got all the tax breaks and all the, all the situation. What it did land him is world-renowned, like on newspapers and all kinds of stuff. It, it was self-promotion. And that's the problem that I have so many times. It, sometimes we look at what we do for God in terms of our public relations. Like, what, what are we going to get out of it? What kind of stuff? So I had a company call me about three weeks ago. And this is what they asked me. They said, have you thought about your personal branding? I'm not getting branded. I'm like, what do you mean personal branding? And they said, how we can promote you as the pastor of Journey to get the word out. And I thought to myself, there's an old show, as a, a, a soccer show, and the coach took the star player out. and took the star player out and the he said, well, why, why are you taking me out? You'll never win without me. He goes, because you're playing for the name on the back of the jersey, not the name on the front of the jersey. And you know what I think about every time? I'm not playing for my name. I'm playing for his name. I'm not here to make Bobby famous. I'm here to make Jesus Christ famous. In the world we live in, that's what we should be driving. Everything should be about God. Everything should go back to the moment in our lives where we understand whether it was, you know, 17 minutes ago or 17 years ago or whatever it was, the moment where Christ came and saved us. Matthew chapter 6 says it like this. But when you give something, uh, give to someone in need, I, this applies to so many different things, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given us each a gift from his great variety of gifts. Use them well to what? What's that next couple words? To serve one another. And do, you know, so if you have the gift of speaking, then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Christ Jesus, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Our whole purpose is to make him famous, not us famous. So take care of people and make him famous. So here's the deal. We're not doing good works for ourselves. We're not serving, so we get, get some kind of recognition, and, you know, it comes our way, and what we do brings glory to God. I love what it says in Psalms 115. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory, unfailing love, and faithfulness. Earlier this year, I had an opportunity to minister, it sounds like a really spiritual word, to talk to a homeless gentleman. And as I was talking to him, he brought up something to me that I've, I've never heard before. And he said, I only take the people seriously that, that say they're doing it in the name of Jesus. Like if they're just handing me food or doing what, so many times they're looking at it for their own benefit. But when they tell me they're doing this in the name of Jesus, there's something that happens. 
He, has, he said someone whom Jesus, all of a sudden, it, it changes everything about him. He understands when they say that, that they are someone that Jesus cares about. That's what we do when we make his name famous. We let the rest of the world know to know that Jesus cares about them. So he asks this question every day. Will my actions today draw attentions to myself or draw attentions to God? What I'm going to do today, as far as my purpose, are they bringing him glory and fame? Are they bringing him you know, recognition? Are they bringing me? Am I, is it about me? That's a great question. Let me give you the last thing. We're going to close right here. Our purpose. Our purpose brings us closer to God. Um, I had a text message last Saturday night or a Facebook message last Saturday night. And maybe you've asked this question before. And this was the question that was asked. How do I get closer to God? You ever asked that question? Anybody? Just me. So how do you get closer to God? And so my stock answer has always been, and this is what I wrote to the gentleman, the young man. I said, here's what you do. You get in God's word, right? That's not a bad place to be. Get in God's word. Like, make sure that you're telling people, you know, like the, the stuff that, you, you know, get, read God's word. I think being in fellowship with people is super important. I think accountability is super important. I, I think people, you know, I, I, had, I have an accountability group, and yesterday we were sitting there talking, and I realized something as one of my accountability partners said this to me. They asked me, how am I doing? So if I was to ask you, how are you doing? What do you, what's your answer going to be? Good? You know, mine has been for the last three weeks. How are you doing? Busy. The same answer. It's the same answer every time, busy. And all of a sudden, one of the, one of the guys said, listen, like, that's not good. You being busy all the time is not good. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And you know what I realized? Busyness is an enemy of purpose. When I'm so busy, even if I'm doing it in God's name, it's the enemy to purpose. And so one of the things, get close to people that are going to call you out on stuff. And that's, you know, get in God's word, you know, read scripture, you know, get involved in the Bible, whatever. And I, I, so I wrote all that stuff out and I was like, man, this is good advice. And then I pushed send. And then all of a sudden it hit me. I'm missing a key element that draws me closer to God every time. And this is what I said, the next line, and serve somewhere. Just serve somewhere. Find a place in this world where you fit in, where the, the, there's the intersection of what keeps you awake at night and the world's biggest needs. What is that place right there? Figure that out. See, the ultimate goal of our lives and purpose leads us down that road is to be more like Jesus. When we're more like Jesus, our purpose is right there. Our identity is found in Jesus Christ, not in all the other stuff. I, let, let me read Matthew 20, verse 26 again. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. And whoever wants to be, a fir, uh, wants to be first among you must be a slave. For even the son of man, I wanna be like that one. I wanna be like Jesus. This is how I come not, came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for men. Romans 8, 29 says, for God knew his people in advance. He chose them to become like his son. That's our desire. That's what we should be looking for. So his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And when you put the needs ahead of others, when you put their needs ahead of yours, you become like him. So here's the last question for the day. What have I done today that's bringing me closer to God? If you can answer those three things with things that honor God today, you'll start working through your purpose. 
you'll find the place that God wants you to be. David, we all know, most of us know King David. We've heard of him before. King David's at the end of his life. This is after he's been a shepherd, um, after he was a waiter when he brought the, the charcuterie tray to his brothers while they were fighting Goliath. This is after the Goliath thing. This is after the Bathsheba thing. This is after being a murderer of Uriah. It's after he was a great warrior, after he was a great king. He gets to the end of his life. Think about this. He's at the end of his life. It's the very end. This is, it's almost like, this, hey, I, this is what I want to be known for. And he writes the Psalm 71, 18. He said, now that I'm, a, I'm old and gray, do not abandon me, O Lord. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. Let me proclaim. His purpose was to proclaim, to tell people about God. Our purpose is to figure out not what to do, but how to do it, what God's called us to do. And believers, as a believer in Jesus, let me tell you something, you have a built-in purpose. It's to tell the world about him. I don't care if you're 17 today, 16 today, you're in middle school, you have a purpose. I can hear some of the older folks like me. I don't have a purpose anymore. No, you do. You ever watch one of those shows where they, they, they refinish furniture? They repurpose furniture? Some of us just need to figure out what our repurpose is. We gotta figure out where we fit in, what God's called us to do. Based on those experiences that we have in life, God has a purpose for every one of us in this room. So over the next four weeks, what I'd like to do, the next three weeks, what I'd like to do is that we would all walk out of this place going, I have a purpose. I know what it is. And we ask the question, why on earth am I here with? To honor God, to make his name famous, and serve the people around. Amen? Let's pray together today. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this moment. God, that we would walk out of here understanding that every time we do good in your name, we're fulfilling your purpose for our lives. It's something that I've learned personally. Statistics show all the, that knowing our purpose adds years to our life and life to our years. So God, I, I pray that we would all walk out of here every week with something, a nugget about our purpose that we would understand. And that every week, God, we would walk out of this place drawing closer to you, that we would know you more. And God, that we would walk out of this place and we would make your name famous in this community. God, I pray if there's people here that don't know your name, that, that never had an encounter with you, that, that today would stir something, that we would understand it, that our purpose is found in what your purpose was, dying on the cross for us, going to the cross, but like we celebrated last week, resurrecting from you. And because of that, because of you fulfilling your purpose, we can find our God, we thank you for being with us here today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or would like to talk with someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.